Welcome back to the I'm Moving to Italy podcast. This is Nathan Heinrich, and I want to welcome you back to episode eight. We have made it to the eight-week mark. We had a sort of window of time to get this podcast sort of boosted up to a certain level so that the platforms that carry the podcast would sort of push it forward and push it to the forefront and see, okay, this is a popular show. People are listening. People are leaving reviews and ratings and uh, people are downloading this show. So this must be a good show. So let's use our algorithms to push this show to the forefront of our audience. And that is exactly what has happened thanks to each and every one of you. And I'm really excited to share what's been happening with the show and all of that this week. I want to first thank any of you and all of you who have been listening, because the most important thing you can do is just listen, downloading and listening to the episodes. That's number one. And if that's all you're doing, that's amazing because that is helping our show to grow. It's amazing that just listening is helping, but that's how that's how this system works. That's how podcasting works. Ah, I'm excited. I'm almost Breathless, I'm so excited about what's happening this week. We have six new countries to welcome to our growing family this week. I don't think we've had, I don't think we've welcomed six new countries ever in any week. And this is week eight, the very week that we needed to grow by a certain point, by week eight. And not only have we done that, we have far succeeded any any expectations, any very, very mild expectations that I had, I I would like to start by welcoming the Netherlands to the show. The Netherlands have been very important this in this very, well, in the past two weeks, and I'll get to that in a minute, but welcome Netherlands, welcome Poland, welcome South Africa, welcome Thailand, welcome Puerto Rico, and welcome Ireland. I am so happy to have each one of you countries represented. We are now up to, I believe we are now up to 16 countries listening to our show. Not only are we up to 16 countries, we are now, as of this week, we now have listeners on six of the world's seven continents. (laughs) So thanks to South Africa for joining. We now have listeners in South in Africa. We have listeners in Asia, thanks to Thailand joining. We have listeners in Europe. We have listeners, thanks to Puerto Rico, we now have listeners in, we're just going to call it South America, even though it's an island. Uh, we're going to still consider that South America. And some people consider North and South America one continent anyway. So we're going to just go with go with it. And of course, we have North America with, with Canada and the United States, and that's five. And then we have Australia, so that's six. So the only place that we don't yet have listeners that we know of is Antarctica. And you know what? I think it's only a matter of time because any poor research scientist with the penguins and the seals and all that ice and snow and not a tree in sight. What would a person up there need more than to listen to a podcast about moving to Italy, right? So anyway, I'm sure it's only a matter of time. 
And if we don't get one of the humans on Antarctica to start listening, I'm sure we can get the penguins to figure out how to rub their wings together and, uh, and, and figure out how to get them to listen to our podcast. Anyway, yes, I know that sounds ridiculous. Yes, I know I'm a little bit loopy. Yes, I know I'm a little bit uh, high on adrenaline, and I did have a double espresso right before I re- started recording. So if my voice sounds a little more amped than normal, it's probably the espresso. I've had, I think, three today, which is more than I have allotted myself to have, but that's just how it is. Today has been a really, really busy day. I know if all of you had a chance to see the walking tour that I posted on Instagram and on my website last week. If you haven't had a chance to watch it, go to the Instagram page. If you're not following the Instagram page, you're missing like half of the experience. Oh, but Nathan, I don't have an Instagram account. Well, then get one. And if you don't have Instagram and it's not your thing and you're a Facebook person, I have Facebook now too. Yes, I've just started Facebook. So you can go. I've started a private group on Facebook. There's now a private group called I'm Moving to Italy. I have a page now. I, for the first time in 10 years, have a Facebook page again. And I'm only doing it because of this show, because I think that there are listeners who probably prefer Facebook over Instagram. But I really highly recommend that even if you're not an Instagram user, just get an Instagram account. I know plenty of people who have gotten Instagram accounts just to listen to, just to watch the videos that go along with the surrounding sounds every week. So just download the app, set it up. It takes less than five minutes, and then you can watch our videos. Anyway, in the video that I posted this past week, the walking tour of the city here in Conegliano, for just a split second, I showed a picture of the gelato that I had just picked up and was walking around the city with when I was doing some filming. And someone asked me, a couple people asked me, what what was that gelato? It looked really good, but they couldn't tell what it was. I'm going to tell you that without a shadow of doubt, I have officially got the best gelato combination and maybe even best gelato maker ever here. And I'm going to share what that is. So this particular gelato place has a flavor of gelato that I have not found anywhere else here in Italy. I'm sure it exists, but I haven't seen it anywhere else. And I have tried my best to find it because, you know, I like some gelato. So most most gelato places have limone, which is just lemon gelato, which is kind of more like a sorbet kind of. It's really kind of, it's very sour and sweet. And it's just this perfect balance of not too sweet, but plenty of like tangy sourness. So this particular one at this gelato place here is just extra good, but they also have a flavor called cheesecake. Now, I know that sounds very American, and what do they call it in Italian? They still call it cheesecake. I I guess it came from the United States. It was probably invented by an Italian that invented something new in the United States, but anyway, they call it cheesecake here too. And what they do in this particular recipe is the, the actual gelato itself is kind of a creamy white color, and on the top of the gelato, when they make it fresh every day, on the top, they, they do just this, the, the thinnest little skim of this this really bright, bright red strawberry with made out of real strawberries. It's got the strawberry seeds in it, so it's really good and fresh. And it's this kind of skim of, of sort of red, I don't even know what the consistency is. It's, it's kind of a, kind of like a, 
kind of like a jam marmalada. It's almost got a little gelatin or something in it to sort of make it firm. And it is just delicious. And then around the edge, they put these kind of crumbly little crumbs that are that kind of make it like the uh, like the crust of a cheesecake. So you've got cream, kind of the cream flavored filling. It tastes exactly like cheesecake, but like really light. So you get your cone. I like cone personally. You get your cone and you have them put the, the limone, that flavor, down first. And then on top of that, you put the cheesecake. Then it's got some of that strawberry. They call strawberry fragola here. So, so they put that and so that lemon and that strawberry and some of those crumbs that they get in that cream. That cream and that strawberry and that lemon and those crumbs from like, oh my goodness, that combination is just the most delicious. Now I know some of you are probably like, oh, I'm a chocolate person. That's great. If you like chocolate, fine. I'm not going to try to change your mind. I love chocolate too. There's just something so refreshing about lemon and strawberry and creaminess all together in, in gelato form. So I wanted to share. That's, in my opinion, world's best gelato. Come here and try it for yourself. I've also decided that I just don't, I I just can't handle espresso, just straight espresso. When I say I can't handle it, yes, I can handle it. Yes, I've become accustomed to it, but I just don't enjoy it. So Alessandro made a brilliant recommendation to me and said, you know what I think? I need to order something a little different for you. I'm going to order you a drink. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I want you to try it and then just tell me what you think. So he ordered this little, I mean, it's the exact same size, a tiny little teeny tiny cup when we went to a bar and got got some cafe and he said, okay, taste this. So I tasted it. Oh my goodness. It had this light foamy, sort of this foam on top. And then under the foam, when you take the tiny little spoon that comes with your cup and your little tiny, your your little saucer that the, the cup sits on you, you take your spoon and you stir it around and you combine that. And it's actually kind of a, a, a the foam from milk and you combine that. And I'm like, wow, this is almost like a um, cappuccino. I mixed it up and I drank that. Oh my goodness. It's, it's not sweet at all, but it's just the cream from a little bit of that steamed milk that's been foamed. It's just enough to sort of cut the 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 hard acidic edge of that of the coffee that's just so strong and i said what is this i really like this what is this and he's like it's a macchiato i have never had a macchiato in my life and that is it that is it for me i can now actually really really enjoy rather than like oh yes okay let's go get a an espresso now i'm like oh yes i'm gonna get a macchiato so anyway macchiato is my drink. Those of you who have never had a macchiato and maybe you're not, maybe you like coffee, but you're not, you have a hard time. Like most Americans doing a straight shot of espresso, try macchiato. It'll change your life. I've been talking to you all about how important this first eight weeks is about really, really getting, you know, sharing the show with your friends and leaving your reviews and downloading it and everything that you all have done combined with me doing the things on my end that I can do to promote the show has worked. And here's the proof. This in the past two weeks, and I just got this notification the day that the last episode just dropped. So that's why I don't, this is 
this information is almost two weeks old, but I, I wasn't able to, um, to record it and get it into the last episode. Otherwise, I would have shared it with you then. We have done something very, very important in the past two weeks. We have got onto podcasting charts. That is just as important for a podcast as a music chart is for a recording artist that's making music. So what that means is in our category, which is the same as if you're like a a jazz artist or a pop artist or a country music singer, podcasts have different genres as well to divide them up, to help people find what they're looking for more easily. And in the travel and leisure category in Europe, in multiple countries, and over the past two weeks, we have hit the top 100 charts. In Ireland, we hit top 20 in Ireland in travel and leisure. I can't even believe it. In Sweden, I think we hit number 87 in Sweden. And in the Netherlands, we hit number 32 in the Netherlands. And there's we're on other charts. But anyway, in Europe in general, we are on the ch- the podcasting charts. Do you know what a big deal that is, people? The fact that we're not just on the charts, we're in the top 100. And in most of the cases, we're in the top 50. And, some, and in some cases, we're in the top 20. Ooh, that's a big deal. So keep doing what you're doing. Share this with your friends. Tell your college friends, your family members, your girlfriends, your co-workers, your school moms, your bridge buddies. Tell anyone that you meet at the grocery store, just let's keep the momentum going because this is going somewhere that I didn't even dream of. I have some pretty big dreams and I'm going to be sharing some of those dreams with you as we, I'm not going to hold anything back. I've already shared everything I can possibly share with you and I'm going to continue doing so, but I'm going to also be, as this journey progresses, I'm going to be sharing some of my big dreams and my big goals that will be automatically shared with you. And any one of you who are listening to this right now, and you're, you're listening to this at the eight, at the original eight week mark, you are that group of originals. And really we wouldn't be here without you. Now, if you're listening and this pod and this episode is a year or more old, you are just as important of a listener as well. But anyone who has been listening from the beginning helped us get here. You all deserve the credit for helping push this forward. And I just want to make sure you know that I know that you deserve the credit. So anyway, thank you. Now that I've got all that exciting news shared with you, I want to share some other things. I mentioned in the last episode that I'm going to be sharing some of the news about traveling to Italy and when, well, when anyone, when when the world is going to be able to be allowed back into Italy. I don't know when that's going to be yet, but my instincts are telling me that it's probably not going to be until the summer. I hate to say it, but my, from the writings on the wall seems to be, unless something really extraordinary happens and something really turns around, and I'm going to share something I think maybe, maybe this is just a personal opinion that I think is going to happen, but I'm going to make a prediction. The United States, because we have fast-tracked in 2020, uh, the drug companies really got on the ball. And even though there was a lot of divisiveness and a lot of name-calling and rock 
throwing. For better or worse, the vaccine did get created at a really, really impressive at a really impressive speed. What would normally take four years took up less than a year. Now I've already had COVID. I really don't want to have to get the vaccine unless I absolutely have to travel. But that might be the case. I might be required to get it. So anyway, I'll keep you up to speed on what I know about that. I'm per- currently still doing the research. One of the things that's being thrown around as a possibility to reopen Europe to travel is the idea of something called a vaccine passport. And I'm sure I'm sure if any of you who have been watching the news, you may have heard this mentioned, but they don't this is still very much in the early stages of figuring out how to implement this. And what that would mean is you would get vaccinated and then you would have basically a digital passport. Passport's not really the word, but it's basically digital document that you'd be able to take with you and probably show like a code or something on your phone and present it that could be scanned at the airport. So to, to verify, yes, I have been vaccinated and I'm, you know, free to travel. I don't know if that would also include, I've got the antibodies in my system, I've had COVID and I've recovered. I don't know. Either way, they are working on that. So as as I learn more next week, I'm going to start sharing just a little bit, I'll give you guys a little update every week as I learn more about what's happening. So that's, this is kind of the first update that I've got for you. And so my prediction is that because Americans, by June, the the, the, the latest uh, estimates are that there will be enough vaccines to vaccinate all 300 million plus Americans by June. And so what I believe is going to happen is with the production being at such a an accelerated rate in the United States, after all Americans are vaccinated, I believe, and probably even before, I believe vaccines from American drug companies are going to start being loaded onto planes and being flown all over the world and probably to the places that are the most hard hit. And I have a feeling that especially with the with the really great relations that the United States has with Europe and Italy, I have a feeling that Italy is going to be at the top of the list. So I predict that sometime around June or July, if not sooner, there will be American vaccines being flown to Italy and Europe and other parts of the world and that is going to speed up the reopening. So that's why I believe that summer will be when things really start to really improve. I will keep you in the loop on that. So in in the Venice area, we have been a yellow zone. It goes from white to yellow to orange to red, and I don't know if it goes to purple or if it stops at red, but anyway, I know there's at least four different. So as of last week, Sardinia, which is the island off of the coast, off of the uh, western coast of Italy, was the only region to be in the, uh, you know, considered a white zone, which means fully reopen. And we were in a yellow zone, and we were kind of eyeing, like, okay, so they're in a white zone, that means that other regions here are probably going to start going into white zones. We were kind of excited about that. Well, we just found out a few days ago, we're going back into an orange zone. Oh, geez. What happens when you're in an orange zone? Things get more restrictive, obviously. So we've been able to eat at restaurants. We just have, you know, you just can't eat at a restaurant past six o'clock and you've been able to eat, uh, 
at bars inside, like go and have a little lunch at a bar or an osteria or a cafe. Well, now you're not going to be able to eat indoors at all. You're only going to be able to take food away. So a lot of restaurants are just shutting down completely. And so anyway, that's that's kind of disheartening to say the least, because we, we, we felt like we were heading in the right direction. Apparently now with the case numbers spiking again, we're heading in the wrong direction. So What's interesting about it, though, is instead of saying as effective immediately, we are going to be in a in an orange zone. They said starting Monday, we're going to be in an orange zone. So today is Sunday. I'm recording this on Sunday night like I normally do. So what did we do today? Because we knew we were heading into an orange zone. And also, what's what are you not allowed to do in an orange zone? You're not allowed to travel outside of your own city unless it's for a very important documented reason. So you really kind of start feeling locked down. So what did we do? We hopped on a train and took the, that I think is about 30, 40 minute train ride into Venice today and walked around Venice. And I got some great shots of Venice, but a lot of Italians in this region had the same idea as us. Like, okay, we're going to be in lockdown starting tomorrow again. We better make a day trip and and just go to Venice real quick. So I've shared with you before, not necessarily my favorite city in the world, not because it's not a beautiful city and a a unique and and an incredible city, unlike any other place in the world. I think that's why everybody kind of loves the idea and the mystique that kind of goes along with Venice. But Venice has always just been so touristy and just so crowded. And by its very nature, Venice is a very old place with tiny little narrow walkways and streets that aren't even really streets. They're more like just little paved paths that sort of connect the buildings uh, to each other and, and where you can walk around and where there are no paths, there's water. And so you're going over bridges. So if it's really busy in, in Venice, you're crowded going over the bridges. You're crowded going through these little walkways. You find yourself waiting in lines just to get a table at a restaurant. Well, Venice felt almost empty today. I mean, in comparison to what I've seen it in the past. I have found that I really like Venice when Venice is not a total tourist trap. I know that probably sounds very selfish of me, but I just don't like crowded places. It's just part of my personality. I love people. I just don't love crowds. And so I got some great shots of Venice. I probably am not going to have time to put that together and share that with you for this week because I have, oh, hours of footage I took today, starting from when we got on the train to when we got back to our station here and everything in between. But what a glorious day it was. And Venice was looking her best. The canals were so clear in some places. One of the things I noticed is that the seaweed, which is a kind of a really dark, dark brown seaweed that grows in the water here with the water and the and the few boats that were going by, you know, were, were causing some waves and the seaweed was kind of doing this sort of dance in the water. And it was really easy to see because the water was clear, more clear than normal. Anyway, I could talk a lot about Venice, but I'm going to save that for maybe next week. But anyway, that's what we did in order to sort of get a little bit of a road trip out of our system. You know, who knows how long we're going to be in an orange zone. I just, I don't even want to think about it right now. Another thing that's happening right now that's kind of crazy 
sort of like one of those when it rains, it pours situations is in Sicily, which is the farthest southern part of Italy, which is actually an island right above northern Africa, Mount Etna, which is a volcano, and the most active volcano in Europe has been erupting for the past almost four weeks since since the middle of February. And last night around 2 a.m. was the biggest eruption of them all. And there are nearby cities. I would never live in a city that was close to a volcano. I'm sure most of us wouldn't. But if you're born in that city and that's where your family lives and you grow up sort of just knowing that there's a volcano there. I mean, people in Hawaii do it. People in different places, people in Naples live near Mount Vesuvius. You just, it just sort of becomes part of the, the culture. It's almost just, there's almost a, a pride in the fact that you that you know you live near a volcano and, and, you know, an unpredictable life that who knows what could happen. But anyway, some of these, some of these nearby cities, the ash spewn up into the air, like over a mile into the air, it's falling and it's damaging cars and houses. And, you know, when that happens, you know, obviously you stay indoors because you don't want it to come down on you. People are trying their best to, if they don't have a garage, to cover their cars up with all these different blankets and things. And and I saw that someone had posted a video. It's like raining rocks, and it's just the craziest sound, and it's the craziest sight. So that's in the middle of going into deeper lockdowns. Italy is also in the midst of a major eruption. I mentioned last week that I was going to be having my my Italian language test. And sure enough, this past Thursday, I had it. So I went at 12.30 on Thursday to the school. I checked in. I was sent upstairs to wait. And I wasn't even sure who or what I was waiting for. But I just went and found a chair upstairs and sat down until this very nice woman came and asked me to come into this classroom where I went and it was just her and I, and she got all my information. She didn't speak during the entire interaction, the entire time I took the test. Not a single word of English was spoken. Not a word. I don't know how, thank goodness, I have just the tiniest grasp on Italian, because without that, I don't know how, I don't know if she spoke English, because she didn't speak a word of it to me. I have a feeling she could probably speak English, but she didn't, and and it's possible that she was even giving me a bit of a test on my ability to converse in Italian. That might have been a portion of the test. I don't know. But it was a 10-page test, and when I say 10 pages, sometimes those pages were just circling true or false or connecting a word to a picture. So it wasn't like 10 pages of writing, but it was 10 full pages of a test. I sat there and... The woman had a copy of the test on the desk in the front. I had a copy on my on my desk where I was sitting in the classroom. And she went through it page by page with me and gave me instructions in Italian. I did my best to understand what she was saying. I didn't struggle as much as I expected I would struggle. Then again, who knows? Maybe I flunked it. I don't I it's very possible that I thought I did better than I did. I think I probably did something like got somewhere around 70% correct. At least I felt like I knew what I was reading or writing uh, or or felt like I was comprehending, you know, on a 70% level. 
And I don't know if they were just trying to see, am I a, a, a complete beginner or do I go into level one or two? I don't know what is going to happen, but I was very excited to find out, okay, so when do I get my results? And number two, when do I start taking my classes? And at the end of the test, she said, okay, well, I'll be emailing you your results. And which times would you like to take the classes? You know, we have afternoon classes, which days of the weeks would you like to come? I told her my schedule and she said, okay, well, we will have an opening for you in September. I was like, uh, I'm sorry, did you say September? Mi scusi, settembre? Settembre. I was like, I was, of course, I was filming, you know, while I was doing this, I probably shouldn't have been filming, but of course I was, I was, I was filming like the rule breaker that I am. Anyway, so I captured that. So I'm going to play that for you in the surrounding sounds. But needless to say, I was, I felt a bit disheartened, a little let down, a little deflated. Apparently uh, the classes are all full. I'm sure that it's possible that I could go to find another school I'll get a private tutor and do this. But what I've decided is I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing. My language skills are steadily, slowly, but steadily improving. And by the time I start classes in September, I will be in a really good place, I believe. And I'll be in a I'm probably a much better place to really have those classes do what they're intended to do even more. So anyway, that's the update on Italian language school. I want to sort of bring the episode to the end and then start the surrounding sounds by quickly saying happy Women's Day. I'm recording this on March 7th, but tomorrow, March 8th, is Women's Day here in Italy, and I believe in Europe, but definitely in Italy. And It was established Women's Day, which isn't really celebrated so much in the United States. We celebrate Mother's Day, but we don't really celebrate Women's Day. But in 1945, on March 8th, the Union of Italian Women established this day as an important day to celebrate just womanhood. And it is marked by just a day off for most women. Of course, there's still a lot of women that work, but some women take the day off and There's a very particular flower called a mimosa flower. It's a yellow mimosa flower. It's actually, it's called a mimosa, but it's actually, you know, the horticulturist in me had to find out exactly what the botanical name of the tree is. And it's it's actually an acacia tree. So it's actually an acacia di la beta. It is a gorgeous yellow, bright, bright yellow tree that blooms right about now. And Alessandro was telling me a story when he was really little. He was in school. I think he was about seven years old. Him and a friend of his, it was it was International Women's Day. And he and his friend went to, they were on their way to school and they were like, oh, we should go and get uh, some mimosa flower to take to the teacher. And so they ran off. Instead of going to school, they ran off to some park or some open field or something where they knew a mimosa tree was flowering. And they they broke off some branches and they took the mimosa branches to school and gave it to the, you know, they were, they got to school very late. And um, the teacher, of course, was grateful for the flowers, but she was also, you know, uh, I don't think she was necessarily too thrilled that they had came in so late. And of course, while they were out <laughs> breaking off these branches, these mimosa branches to take 
the local busybody saw them out, uh, not at school, during school hours, and called and told the mother or the grandmother. And anyway, he got in trouble, but he was like, yeah, but I just wanted to take the mimosa flower to my teacher. Anyway, he tells me that story every, every year for Women's Day, and I think it's a really cute story. So anyway, to any of you women who are listening, and there's about 60% of the listeners to this channel are women, happy Women's Day. So now let's get to our surrounding sounds for the week. We only have three, but they're good ones. So one of them is the sound of the eruptions and the rocks falling in and around Mount Etna in Sicily. So you can hear that for yourself if you haven't had a chance to hear that. Another one of the sounds is me at the Italian language school, kind of answering some of the questions and struggling to to communicate with the, with the instructor. And then also her telling me that, um, yeah, I don't have classes. My classes won't be starting until September. And then the other sound that I have is just a few sounds of some of the walking tour of Venice, the, the boats in the water, and just kind of the, the, the sound of walking around the, the city. So I have a few of those sounds. So enjoy, and I will come back and say goodbye after. Okay. 
Cellulare. Cellulare. Cane. Sì. Tanti letto. I hope you enjoyed those sounds from Italy for this week. Thanks again so much. We made it to week eight, one of the most important weeks in the life of any podcast, to see if it's going to sink or swim. And ours is officially swimming. And we are not, maybe not swimming at an Olympian's rate yet, but we are swimming. We are dog paddling and we are doing wonderfully. So thanks again to you for helping make that a reality. I'm so grateful for each of you. I want to wish each of you a really, really wonderful week. We are going to get through this final stretch of the pandemic, and we will get it behind us. One of the questions I got this week is someone said, why are you doing, you used to just say ciao at the end of every episode, and now you're saying ciao, ciao, ciao. And I'm going to tell you why. When you're talking on the phone to an Italian and they're saying goodbye, they're trying, you know, the, the conversation has come to an end and they're saying goodbye. They don't just say, okay, ciao. No, there's this sort of back and forth volley of chows that you say to each other. So it sort of sounds something like this. Okay. Okay. Ciao, ciao. Okay. Ciao, 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 ciao. <laughs> so there's a lot of chows. And so I've just decided to incorporate that into at the end of every episode. So when I say goodbye, it's a very Italian thing to do. So when I say goodbye and I, and I say three chows in a row, it's because it's a very, very Italian thing that I've sort of picked up on since I've been here, whether you're saying goodbye in person or whether you're saying goodbye over the phone. So anyway, that's why I'm saying the three chows. So have a wonderful week. Take care. God bless. Ciao, ciao, ciao.